Welcome into the Fairweather Podcast, where we discuss all things San Diego Loyal Soccer Club. The Fairweather Podcast is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Hi, everyone. What's up, everyone? We got a Another special edition of the Fairweather Podcast. Uh, we have a uh, we're going to have a special guest come on in just a second. Uh, but uh, Marissa, slightly different setup today. How's it going? Yeah, it's going good. I'm at the office, and we're slowly backing, uh, slowly opening back up, and it's a different time of day. So um, I'm here. How are you Great. doing today? Good. I feel more awake than I usually do. This middle, middle of the day stuff. <laughs> the sun's out. You know, the dogs are napping. It's great. Chris, how you doing, man? Hey, man, I'm doing good. I can't complain. It's Friday, and uh, glad to see you guys two times in the same week. Yeah, right. It's been a minute since we saw each other all together, and now we're doing it twice in a week. Uh, <laughs> but the reason we are together today is uh, we have a very special guest from the USL Players Association. Uh, we thought we'd do kind of a uh, get to know what the PA is all about, Players Association is all about, and uh, what they've been up to lately. Uh, so without any further ado, uh, I would like to introduce uh, one of the executive board members, uh, Connor Tobin. How are you doing? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm sure you've been doing a lot of these. Uh, so we will uh, try to keep it as brief as possible so you have uh, – some time, some downtime between. I'm sure all day zooms the past couple of, of weeks. You're all good. I, I've become a Zoom expert, so <laughs> <laughs> the the new normal, if you will. Yeah. Um, well, good thing we're not using Zoom. We get to try out a different thing, right? So. I'm just expanding my horizons here. Right, right. <laughs> so uh, before we talk about um, kind of what's going on right now. Uh, I'd like to start kind of at the beginning and talk about how the Players Association originated um, and kind of the, the building process. Like, was it a special moment or kind of a slow build uh, to get to get it started? And so uh, if you want to kind of just introduce what the Players Association is and uh, how it got going. So first of all, I guess the Players Association is uh, the collective bargaining agent for both the players in the USL Championship and the players in USL League One. Um, we got our start in early 2018. Uh, there was a group of older players that kind of came together. Um, it's about the time NASL fell away and USL uh, really seemed to be stabilizing the lower divisions. And, you know, that group of players really saw an opportunity to you know, formalize uh, a players union with the hope that we could work collaboratively with the league and the teams to continue to stabilize the lower leagues and to, you know, continue to professionalize everything. Um, that group of players worked almost the entirety of the 2018 season. Um, this is before the USL League One. So to organize the players of the USL Championship, uh, we went through an authorization card process and petitioned the league for recognition, which they granted voluntarily at the end of 2018. Uh, since then, uh, we spent majority of 2019 and up until now engaged in collective bargaining over what would be a historic uh, first CBA for lower division soccer in the United States. Um, we also went through a similar sort of organizational process with USL League One last year and obtained voluntary recognition from the league and its teams uh, in February of this year. So um, 
we're technically an organization that has two different unions under its umbrella. Um, but uh, I wouldn't say it was one particular event that was this kind of pushed us into being. I think uh, it was more that it was a perfect storm of a league growing to the point where it was going to stabilize things. Um, but also having a group of older players that really saw a vision of, you know, working collaboratively to move the sport forward in general and to make sure the next generation of players are going to be in a better spot than maybe uh, they have been historically. Yeah. Was there any kind of like model that you particularly based the players association on, or is it kind of similar to it's like, any type of union forming where it's just trying to collect as much buy-in as possible from the players. Is there something specific that you looked at and said, Hey, they did a great job organizing their players. We want to follow that. Or is it kind of just based on who the personalities were in the room? Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously there's other labor organizations that, you know, we researched and we talked about and MLS is pretty close to us. Um, uh, we had great conversation with them even early on as we were looking to do this, but I think one of the things that our group and uh, from the get-go ethos wise, uh, you know, we knew that this is a group of players that were forming this and we wanted to be four players by players with every player having a voice. Um, so that kind of dictated kind of the direction that we were going and uh, provided a true North. Um, so I'd say that was kind of the, um, a little bit of both where we kind of drew on the things that we liked, but ultimately we kind of been carving our own path. Nice. Uh, were, what were some early successes and hurdles that the PA had to overcome? Like, was uh, was there anything that was re like really successful right off the bat that there were some early victories or what were some big hurdles that you had to get through? I mean, any sort of organizing effort takes uh, a, a lot of, a lot of energy. Um, even figuring out where your starting point is can be hard. What do you actually have to physically do to create a union? And you, you got to kind of figure out what that is, what that looks like. Um, you obviously, that takes a lot of interfacing with lawyers. So figuring out, you know, lawyers that are willing to give you that information and interface with you, it, it can be a challenge. But then when you physically get into organizing, um, you know, the biggest challenge is always internal. It's communicating um, internally. And a lot of that communication is education-based. So what is a union? What does it do? Why should I care about this? Um, you know, and one of the challenges we had um, is that there's such a wide range of players within the USL. It's in part what makes the league really special but it does create challenges. We have players from 17, 18, all the way up through 35. Well, their education level may vary based on what their experiences are. We have a bunch of the league that are foreigners. How do you handle that? How do you communicate to people that don't speak English? And so there's some real logistical things you have to think through just in terms of communication and education. And I, I would say Probably the biggest hurdles we face are those two things, but they're also the most rewarding when you can kind of work around those. So, yeah, I guess along the same lines, Connor, you're talking about, you know, some of the challenges were, were internal. Um, and, and that kind of really brought me to like this next question, which was, I mean, obviously the MLS has its own issues and concerns, but 
you know, as far as the USL, like you mentioned, like the demographics, the different like age demographics, uh, where folks are from, like, like culture, this and that. I mean, um, what, what was it like trying to find a consensus amongst all the players um, to, as far as what they needed and wanted from a CBA? Yeah. I mean, I, I'd say probably the first major thing you have to do is you, you have to identify, you know, the leaders in each locker room that, you know, who are aligned with where we were as far as where we wanted to take this union. Um, you had to get uh, buy-in from those people because we really rely heavily. Uh, I can't speak enough about our team reps. Um, they are really kind of the linchpin in this whole thing um, between kind of quote unquote leadership and, you know, the, uh, kind of players in each locker room. Um, but identifying those people is probably one of the most crucial things that we did. Um, and then beyond that, is it, it was really leaning on them of, okay, even simple things like what communication standard are we going to use? What platform are we going to use to communicate to them? How, how much autonomy are we going to allow for each team rep to have to communicate to this group? What sort of feedback loops are we going to create so that we know that that uh, team rep is communicating effectively. Um, those are all things that kind of had to be developed and figured out. And um, it's definitely a challenge, but there's definitely some rewarding moments that occur within that too. Yeah, so you were, um, you were talking about, you know, the challenges and, and getting basically everything together between team reps, players and stuff like that. Um, how important was it for the league to then also, you know, to voluntarily recognize that there was a players association? I think that was a huge, and I, I give the league and its teams a lot of credit. I think that was a real big step in the history of the USL. Um, the fact that they saw our organization and they saw what we were trying to accomplish as far as being collaborative and helping to grow the league. Uh, the fact that they bought into that vision, I, I can't give them enough credit because I really think that that showed some uh, long-term strategic thinking. Um, you know, I, I would also say, I think from our end, we worked really hard um, as a leadership group from the get-go in 2018 to frame it to guys that this isn't about what's gone on and what's happened in other leagues or all these other things. This is really about the USL and about lower league soccer in the United States. And how do we get to a point where we continue to grow this thing? And, you know, one of the other kind of true norths for us has always been, you know, what is going to be best for the sport? When we saw a continuous stabilization of USL and a growth of USL as being something that was going to help the sport in general in this country get to the next level. And, uh, you know, I think in a lot of ways we were to, able to leverage that into something that the league saw and bought into. And, uh, you know, we're still hopeful that, you know, it, it's really going to be the case that we're all going to end up better off because we formed this thing and got to this point. You mentioned like league one also being kind of recognized under this umbrella. Um, how does the league one fit into discussions around or building the players association, but also like potential, uh, a potential CBA collective bargaining agreement or multiple collective bargaining agreements? Yeah, I mean, I think you go back to 2018, in early 2018, League One wasn't on anyone's radar. It wasn't until we were whatever, halfway through the year or something like that until we realized that would, the league made an announcement that that was going to be something that they were going to be creating. 
Um, so initially from like a, a unionization standpoint, it was never on our radar. Um, you know, I do think our intent was to make sure that professional players in this country were always going to have representation. So uh, the fact that there was going to be a third division league, it was kind of a natural, hey, we just went through this process. We, we figured out how to do it. We might as well go through it with this group too and make sure all professional players have coverage. But to get into your question about CBAs, those are two standalone organizations. So um, ultimately, there would be two different CBAs. And those things can look entirely different. It, it, it depends on the agreement that's come to between the USLPA and then the clubs um, and ownership groups within each individual league. And as far as like bargaining both of those, does that complicate the bargaining process for one or the other? Or is it kind of the Players Association really trying to separate those two out and really make them two unique individual yeah, I mean, I can't really speak to that because, uh, quite frankly, we haven't begun, um, you know, an extensive League One process. I do think there's a lot of overlap between players in each league and things that they care about and ultimately want to see. But again, those are things to be explored and to be figured out, and we don't really know until you kind of go through that process. So I'll take this next one. Um, yeah, you know, obviously it's like the USL is, is for the most part pretty discreet when it comes to uh, salary numbers, if you will. Um, and so obviously most supporters may not know, like, you know, how much or how little players make, right? So do you view, like, the Players Association statement as a way to educate people on what the salaries are for a lot of players in the USL. Like, was that some sort of a byproduct that kind of came about? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think, uh, you know, when you have 35 clubs and you have a, a range of how clubs operate, there's a range of experiences. Um, and that might depend on what club you're at and where you are in your career, uh, where you're from, what you've done. Um, it could even, you know, vary within a club. Um, you know, I think it's always been uh, an internal objective of ours to make sure that, you know, every player is afforded some minimum level of, uh, you know, experience. Uh, I think our statement um, probably, I mean, there's there's some tie into that, but I think more of our statement that, you know, we as players, particularly the lower divisions, view ourselves as a big part of this ecosystem, and uh, we want to make sure um, – whatever challenges you know whether we're talking about current challenges or future challenges that there is a collaboration on trying to get through uh, those solutions um, and really making sure that all entities from that ecosystem are benefiting go, Alan. go ahead Alan. yeah and to that point um kind of a follow-up if you will is um, what was what was it like for to the PA and to players in general to see kind of the general response of those supporters groups, those soccer communities, kind of rallying to support players and to amplify those voices? What was that? And what was the takeaway from that? Uh, I would guess ask this in two different categories, like you as a player in the league, and then also you as kind of a leader of this players' association. So like two different, I guess 
wearing your two different hats. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd say I'll take the one as a player first. You know, I've personally always kind of one of the things I fell in love with is the sport, particularly. I think my eyes got open to it early on in my playing uh, experience or pro playing experience. And I feel very fortunate um, as I had some older pros that really mentored me about the fact that these clubs are truly community assets. We talk about Saturday nights and that that's great. And people show up and they love that experience, but really the, the magic of the whole thing is these communities that you're building brick by brick. You're connecting people from different walks of life around this game that we all love. Um, and really what that does is break down barriers. It connects people. It betters our society. It's that enhancement of our society, which is like, that's the coolest thing about the sport. Um, and seeing the reaction that, you know, supporters had, you know, the statement that players make that, you know, we see ourselves really playing an integral role in trying to build that. I think I mean, it, a little bit is it's validation of how strong this thing is. At, at its core, this fabric of community that we're all trying to build in these various markets around our various clubs, that's what's so cool. Um, and seeing it kind of come out, I think, kind of was validation of that on, mm-hmm. on like a personal playing level. Um, you know, as far as the USLPA end of it, I, I think I think there's some validation that, again, there's – real identity within the U.S. soccer sphere that people really do see themselves as part of this ecosystem and they understand that we need to be collaborative in this. And I I think, you know, the the fan support um, has really shown that, that this community, when I say this community, this U.S. soccer community is, is sees themselves as that. I think that's a really special thing. Yeah, um, you mentioned like Saturday nights and, you know, rallying around the community. And, you know, I think we're all, I think I speak for everyone in the soccer community about wanting soccer back. Um, is there any feeling uh, among the players around um, player safety and, and maybe coming back too soon? Yeah, I mean, of course, there's there's worries. Um, mm-hmm. You know, guys want to make sure we, we return to play in a safe and healthy manner that not only protects ourselves, but, you know, protects, you know, our coaching staffs, that protects the referees, that protects the players on the other team, that protects the match officials, that protects the supporters. Those are things that, you know, to a player within membership of both USL Championship and USL, those are things that guys care about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on the other side of that, there's nothing more that our guys want than to play soccer that's what we're paid to do that's our job um, and it, when i say that's our job our job is not just to go play the games but our job is to be out there in the community growing the sport and growing these communities and we want to be doing that but again i think we've got to balance that we need to do that in a safe healthy responsible manner yeah i think we're all with you on that answer um, as much as we want it back but um yeah uh, chris i think you maybe want to take the last one that we have yeah, um, is there anything that you want the supporters to know about uh, about the Players Association, maybe up to this moment? And uh, is there anything that you want to tell them? I guess it's kind of a this is kind of a one and the same, but you know, no, that's a good question. I would go back, and I, I don't know I kind of mentioned it earlier, but I want to highlight it: the fact that this thing's been grown by players for players to really better the sport. Um, going back to 2018, the group of guys that. Are, little bit older a lot of them still sit on our board that kind of got this thing going um 
are guys that volunteered their time because we really did find a vision that this is a legacy piece, but also something that is going to move the sport forward, you know, for players, the next generation, but for, for everyone that's involved in the sport in the country, um, we've gotten to this point and, uh, off of a lot of volunteer hours, a lot of time that's been given by that group. And that's how we continue to operate. Um, this is not something that, uh, oh, yeah, so this is something that's been a true labor of love by a lot of people. Um, and I think that really speaks to kind of how unified players are around the fact that we see ourselves as something, a part of something bigger and that we want to play our role um, in moving the entire sport to a better footing uh, moving forward um, and really kind of taking this whole thing to a next level. But I guess that would be my point is we're still volunteer based. We're still an organization that, uh, it's very, very resource limited, but we operate on a lot of uh, a lot of uh, passion and uh, care. Uh, I, I just want to highlight that. Um, there's so many examples of people in our organization that have gone above and beyond and how they've shown commitment to this. And we do want to tip our hat to the members of the PA who you know are working and donating their time. Uh, and energy uh, for, you know, no pay, but definitely a benefit uh, to the players. Um, and to build a, the CBA from scratch um, has got to be quite the labor of love to be willing to do, number one, be willing to do that, and number two, being thoughtful about your approach. So as um, kind of someone from the outside, who I'm sure we only see like a super sliver of the work that you guys do, um, I just want to thank you guys and the executive team uh, and the reps and everybody involved for really putting this thing together and really putting putting it out there to create this pr very, very unique and historic event in in uh, sports history. Um, so uh, we want to commend you for the, the work that you guys have been doing. Um, sometimes it's hard as fans to understand all of the ins and outs of player negotiations and you know collective bargaining agreements most of the time we've seen them when they're already in existence and they're just trying to modify them or change a word here or there so um and, and a lot of times it's not work that's public and it's not work that's visible um it's not work that you can like put out there and share all the time so we just want to thank you for that work uh, that you do on the behalf of the players that support our community as well yeah. uh, so thank you for that no, it's much appreciated. Uh, I think I'll go back to that. I can't just, I, I don't mean to beat a dead horse here, but, you know, it, it's for the players, obviously, but uh, I think it goes beyond that. It's for these communities. We, we want, we want these clubs to be a rallying point uh, for fans and not just now, but we want this thing 25, 30 years in the future uh, being uh, a vehicle in these communities that really drives a lot of positive benefits, whether that's on a Saturday night and breaking down some of these barriers, meeting new people. But beyond that, I mean, go look at the work that all these supporters groups do um, to better their communities. We want to play a role in making sure that that's not only sustainable, but the influence of that continues to grow because you don't have to look too far. Just go look at the news today that we need more positive influences in this country. And uh, we put up your uh, the Twitter handle you at USL players. 
Uh, is there anything else that supporters can do to help support the Players Association moving forward? Yeah, I mean, again, along kind of the same lines, you know, I, I personally feel, and maybe this is me on my soapbox a little bit, but with everything that's going on both in the sport, outside the sport, the more positive stories we have out there, um, the better. So, you know, if, player, if supporters really want to show support for the players, you know, share stories of positivity that, hey, a player's done this, or a player really went above and beyond to go volunteer here. Like, having those stories out there, you know, I think creates a buzz, um, not only for the USL players, but it, it, positivity breeds positivity. So I think the more, um, as an ecosystem, we're, we're pushing that into things, I think uh, more positive is for everyone. Nice. And then if uh, listeners want to hear more from you, uh, where can they find you on social medias or? Oh, wow. Uh, You're going to go down a rabbit hole there, huh? <laughs> yeah, I am. We're going to, we want to get, pe- we want to get people as connected as, as possible. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they're in for a rude awakening. My, uh, <laughs> I have my social media handles, TurboTobin13. To make everyone aware, it's an inside joke that's gone way too long. Uh, <laughs> I was really anti social media. Uh, Early on in my career, um, I lived with a bunch of guys when I was playing, and they started. My nickname was Turbo, so they started tweeting in the third person from an account I didn't know existed. Yeah. So <laughs> when I found out about it, I've kept it going, and now I'm almost ten years in. So it's a really bad running running joke. Uh, so don't think that I'm like the super conceited guy that's gonna tweet in the third person, but everything it is in the third person. Can't take yourself too seriously. <laughs> Hey, man, I got your signature on a bunch of stuff in my apartment, so it's all good. <laughs> oh, there you go. I probably devalued a couple of things when I signed that. Hey, no, you're good, man. <laughs> Zach took care of it. <laughs> oh, there you go. We just want to thank you for your time. I know uh, you've been busy. I know that the, the executive committee has been doing interviews and Zoom calls, and I'm sure between interviews and bargaining and player communication that you spend more time on zoom than you probably want to and less time on the, you know, you'd rather spend that time kicking a ball around a pitch. So we just want to thank you for your time. Uh, thank you for your answers. Um, and we look forward to uh, engaging with you, but also engaging with the players in our local community to help push, uh, push this thing forward. Yeah, no, I, I, if I could kind of echo the sentiments, I know I appreciate what you guys do. You know, uh, this whole sports built brick by brick. So, you know, Things like this podcast or, you know, these shows, they're, they're, they're essential um, to, again, connecting people to what's going on and getting people to care. So I appreciate the time and energy that you guys all put in to, to do that, um, you know, on your own militia. So very much appreciated for my end. Well, thank all right, you. Well, <laughs> yeah, we'll let you get out of here. We know you got an, another thing coming up in a couple of minutes. So we want to give you a little bit of a downtime breather. Uh, <laughs> Potty break, coffee break, whatever you need. So uh, turbo break, it's turbo break. <laughs> right? That's only after wins these days. The body's okay. never wins. <laughs> so thank you again, and we look forward to hearing more from you and for the Players Association. Appreciate you guys thank having you. me on once again. Okay. Talk to you soon. Right All right, guys. So yeah, that so was so awesome. Really yeah, good, some- good insight on that and. You know, just reiterating, I think, what USL is all about and that we've been hearing over and over since this lockdown has been 
happening. And I think we talked about it on our last episode about the whole community. Um, and even what this is yesterday, we were on a happy hour, Alan, and mm -hmm. then like the day before we were on a, you know, talking to a player and now we're talking to players association, different teams. Um, it's, you know, it's a positive to look at uh, while we're waiting for games to start back up. So. Yeah, there seems to be a little bit more of an uptick in positivity around hopefulness around the league and players. And it's kind of a cool um, thing to tap into that positivity. I think keeping that positive mindset in the forefront is going to help us get to that point where soccer starts back up again. Um, and, and Connor's been around the block. like He's played in so many different lower leagues for so long. Um, he brings a very unique perspective and it's, it's good to have uh, folks like that sitting on your players association board to bring that knowledge and that experience. Mm -hmm. um, but also someone who clearly understands the importance of the community um, mm -hmm. and reaches out beyond um, his local community. You know, he plays on a pretty well-known national league one team uh, in yeah. Ford Madison. So um, should have asked you him for get him, uh, get him to give us a kit. One of the new drip kits. Yeah. Um, uh, Chris, any kind of observations, thoughts about the interview? Uh, I mean, I think it. I think it was good, really, just to kind of put it out there and and give us more of more of the main points behind it. I mean, I think that you're you're seeing so much of the uh, of the back and forth, the tweets, the posts. You know, you're seeing a lot of fans really rallying certain points. Um, and I think that, you know, hats off to the Players Association for ultimately um, just maintaining their composure and, and, and resisting to be maybe as passionate, like through forms of social media, but instead just kind of utilizing uh, their voice um, and, and really just kind of driving the points. And then on top of that, I mean, look at, you know, just look at the way things, I mean, are occurring. Um, you know, they're stating what is important and, you know, whether or not that's matched with, you know, something complimentary or maybe something on the contrary, you know, they're still obviously keeping, you know, the, the main points, the main points, you know what I mean? And, they're not like drawing it back like, okay, well, I guess since I'm not being heard, I'm just going to go silent or give in. Like they're obviously trying to make sure that there's a standard and that it's being upheld too. So I think that's positive. Yeah, it's also interesting to get the vibe that doesn't feel very – like there's not a lot of animosity uh, between the player Association and the league. Uh, it seems like – there might be, I mean, there was a little bit of harumphing around kind of the announcements and the positions, and you don't always want to see that. But I think the fact that they're still negotiating, that they're still talking, that it seems like they're moving toward a direction where they can come together and, and do what's best for the league. Like you said, it like we want to do what's best for the sport and what's best for the sport will be what's best for the players. And I think that's a very healthy approach to negotiation. Um, it opens up to the, allow the ability to have that kind of uh, communication and open communication and bargaining. And so it's not just like we don't like you at all and we're going to come in here anti-league. 
Um, we're going to do what's best for the players, regardless of the economic impacts. I think they know where they are in the ecosystem and they're going about it very smartly. If that's a word. Um, and and trying, right? <laughs> Make it up. Um, and and be, just being aware of where they are and what's important, I think, is something mm -hmm. that's refreshing through the process. And it makes me feel very hopeful that something will get done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit just uh, on something I heard this morning. I was on a LinkedIn live this morning mm -hmm. watching it. And they were talking about sports business. And it was really mm -hmm. interesting because they were talking about the NWFL. And like, mm -hmm. and I'm like, yes, like all the signs, like women's game coming back. So I don't know. I'm kind of off topic with this particular thing, but I had to share it because it was, I didn't want to wait till next Wednesday when we have our next episode. Yeah, it's, um, I, I think there are a lot of positive things and I do like we talked about this with um, Christine Cupo, like trying to bring women's sports back first. And it's looking right. like that might actually come to fruition. Mm -hmm. And I saw, I saw some haranguing about like, Oh, it's on CBS. It's behind a paywall. It's like six bucks. Like if you're listening to this and you can't afford six bucks to watch NWSL, I'll hook a couple of you guys up with some CBS. Like, mm -hmm. I'll pay oh, for your subscription. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If that's what it's going to take to get people in, involved and and mm -hmm. hooked into that league, like I'll buy a couple subscriptions if you can't. Like that's yeah. And it's six bucks. It's a month. You can cancel it when you're done. Um, and I think they're going about it right way. 100% paid um, salaries. They're taking care of the players. They're making sure that the ones who aren't sure that they can participate, they're still getting paid too. So, yeah, I'm on that. Yay, NWSL. I have to pick a team, apparently. Um, yeah. What, how do you pick a team so I, if you haven't watched many games? Right? So that sounds like something we need to work on is getting, <laughs> getting ourselves some type of expert um, yeah. to pick to pick a side. I know there's a lot of – I mean, it's a smaller league, so there's a lot of talent on each of the uh, – each of the uh, um, each of the teams where whether you're a, a Canadian soccer fan with uh, Sinclair or, you know, women's national team players play on all these different teams. So pick your favorite and whatever one they're the Portland yeah. Thorns kit looks legit. So if you're a kit fan, like right. go with them. Although Chicago, the Chicago red stars kit is That's legit cool too. too. So it's like, yeah. so if you're a kit fan, you got plenty to choose from. Uh, if you're a women's national team fan, you have plenty to choose from. So yeah, I'm on that excited for um, NWSL to start, and that's like less than a month away. So yeah, um, you grind through some Bundesliga, uh, Premier League will start to come back. Yes. Um, Arsenal will beat Man City, and all, and and then Liverpool will win the league, and then no, um, no, no. <laughs> and then uh, and then it's I, I think a lot of focus will be on NWSL, and rightly so, and I think it's a smart yeah. move, and if MLS tries to come back and then I won't watch any MLS till NWSL's over. Yeah. It's uh, starting to come back, which is, which is a good thought. So at least if we can argue about other teams, then that means our football is back. So mm -hmm. with people, that. people won't have a problem staying home now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. It'll Pretty. be a nice summertime. Take your mind off of stuff. <laughs> well, yeah. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, on the next episode more in detail yeah. because hopefully we'll know when the matches will start here locally. I'm I'm thinking 
four o'clock in the morning, I think it'll probably be the first one. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> do you stay up all night and just wait till four or do you go to sleep early? And <sighs> I've done it both ways in the last two weeks, actually. I pulled, an all, I pulled an all nighter and just made some breakfast at two thirty-three in the morning, you know, and then I've also, yeah. uh, yeah. Falling asleep and woken up and, you know, done it that way. I, I like staying up all night, though. Turn the Christmas lights on in the kitchen and just drink some brews and you'll be ready. Yeah, I think uh, I did it one time during quarantine. I stayed up till 4.30 and I was like, who am I? Who is this person? Ugh. It was a Saturday night. and it's making me sleepy just thinking about it. <laughs> I, think I gotta go take a nap. Yeah, um, switch, just switch, just switch, switch the coffee stout back to coffee, back <laughs> to coffee stout again. Oof. Uh, add a shot of peanut butter whiskey into your iced coffee uh, in the morning. I've killed that thought. <laughs> Screwball screwed me over. So, hey, rookie. rookie. Fair enough. Um, where can we find each other on social medias, Marissa? You can find me at hashtag Marissa on Instagram and Twitter. Where can we and find you, Alan? A Underwood 48 on the Twitter machines. And Chris. And Chris. You could find me at YNWA, which is uh, you'll never win again. Not at, uh, <laughs> no, at by Chris Walker <laughs> at Twitter and Instagram. Well, well, funny thing is they might not have to win again. Like if Man City drops some points, they don't even have to win. Uh, so we'll take it. Um, thank you for listening uh, to this special podcast. We'll have it out. Uh, well, you'll know when you have it out because you'll be listening to it. Uh, but we will be back um, on a normal schedule on Wednesday. Uh, we just want to take this opportunity to have the special conversation with uh, the Players Association. So thank you for listening. Um, and hit subscribe and like so you know when we'll go live again. And we will uh, hopefully see you guys soon. Take care. Bye. This and every episode is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find other podcasts on bgn.fm. The Fairweather Podcast is also sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie-cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com.